Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo, and today we're talking marketing. That's right. We're talking about one of my favorite subjects, if not my favorite subject. It's about generating interest for you and your business, attracting new clients, nurturing those client relationships, deepening them, making more money, and helping you get home on time for dinner. That's right. All of those things are marketing and whether you believe it or not, you need marketing. I work with a lot of professionals and they think to themselves, hey, I'm just going to be a great CPA or I'm just going to be a great lawyer or I'm just going to be a great financial advisor and people will spread the word and folks are going to find out about me. But that never happens. And you know what you become? You become the best lawyer nobody's ever heard of or the best CPA nobody's ever used or the best financial advisor who's managing his own money, which is being depleted day by day because no one knows about you. Marketing is the lifeblood of any business, and we have just the guy to talk to about it today. Today, my guest is Tim Fitzpatrick, and he has a passion for developing and growing businesses. He's an entrepreneur at heart with 20 plus years of experience in marketing, business development, sales management, and strategic planning. After graduating from college, he had the good fortune of getting involved with a wholesale distribution company he co-owned for nine years. The company grew an average of 60% a year before being acquired in 2005. In late 2012, Tim got involved in mobile marketing because he saw a huge opportunity to help organizations improve by taking advantage of reaching their audience on the one device that is always with them, always on, and always connected. That's right. It's the smartphone. You got it in your pocket right now or it's on the table in front of you. This is what Tim has focused on in terms of helping his people get in touch with you to discover new opportunities. Tim's team has since expanded their services and they now focus on helping service businesses simplify marketing so they can grow with less stress. And who doesn't want less stress? We all want less stress. Join me in welcoming Tim Fitzpatrick to the Inside BS Show. Tim, welcome aboard. Thanks for joining us. We're going to help people make a lot of money and get home on time for dinner today. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it, Dave. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your your journey. So you uh, you are a true entrepreneur. You built something and then sold it and, you know, did a great job. And then you saw a trend and you jumped on it and got involved. Explain to people what your entrepreneurial journey was like. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I, I think my path was probably not all that much different than than a lot of people, it's it's not a it's not a straight road. It's a it's a winding road. So, um, you know, after I uh, after I got involved in wholesale distribution and we sold that business, um, when I got out of that business, I actually got laid off. So the company that that bought us was a public company. I worked for them for three years, and in 2008, we all know what happened. They started freaking out. They were looking at what they could do to to manage the company. Um, and make the financials look as good as possible on a quarterly basis. And in early 2009, I got laid off. Um, at the time, they, they did me a favor. I was not enjoying what I was doing. It was time for me to do something different. And so I took a little bit of time off and decided to get into residential real estate. And most people would say, oh, my God, you got into residential real estate in late 2009. Um, what were you thinking? But there's, I think there's opportunity in any market. And in that market, I was I started door knocking people that were in foreclosure. And so I started to do a lot of short sale business. 
Um, you know, I was learning a ton. I was putting myself outside my comfort zone all the time. But after two, two and a half years, I was like, I don't like this. This is not my thing. Uh, and what's the point in owning your own business if you're not enjoying what you're doing every day? So at that point, I started looking at what else I could do, what I really loved about being in distribution. And that's when I decided to make the shift into, into marketing. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned in my bio, what I originally was involved with on the marketing side, I'm, I'm not doing today. We've shifted again, and we're offering much more comprehensive marketing services to really help be an outsourced marketing partner for our, for our clients. But, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, you got to be able to, to shift because shift happens, right? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Talk about, um, talk about a client who comes to you. What, who's the who's the person who comes to you these days? Is it is it a product business? Is it a service business? Is it professional services? Who's the ideal person to come to you as a client? Yeah, our ideal clients are service businesses, and primarily two types of service businesses: coaches and consultants, or professional service providers. You know the way they the way their businesses are marketed is no different than mine, and. What a novel concept as a marketing company, we market our business. So we know exactly how to plug them in and how we can help them best. Right. So they come to you and let's say, so let's, let's walk through our own little customer journey. This is something that you do with your clients, but let's walk through our own little customer journey. So a professional services provider comes to you, a consultant comes to you. And he says, hey, listen, I write some articles from time to time. I throw them up on my website. I uh, speak during the pandemic. The speaking is all webinars, but I speak maybe once a month. Um, you know, people just aren't calling me like they used to. So what do we do first? The first thing that we do is we, usually, we start with what we call a blueprint, which is it's a, it's a marketing plan. We're doing a deep dive into what they're currently doing so that we can understand where they're at and where they're starting from. Mm -hmm. And then we can put a plan together to get to where they want to be. But you, it's just like your GPS. You, your GPS can't tell you how to get to the airport until you tell it where you're starting from. Your marketing is no different. In order to figure out what you need to do to reach your goals, you got to identify where you're starting from. And typically what ends up happening is there's something fundamentally that has been skipped. You know, or either they just didn't understand it and they just started immediately getting tactical. But to me, the marketing fundamentals are they're critical. If you do not have those things in place, you're building a house without a foundation. And so a lot of times we start with those fundamentals and then we can help them start to get more tactical with what they're doing. All right. So let's let's then talk about the the fundamentals. Are we are we talking about identifying their ideal client and then uh, crafting a message that resonates with the ideal client and then figuring out how to get that message in front of them? Are those the fundamentals you're talking yes. about? I call them the marketing strategy trilogy. So your target market, your messaging, was, which is what you're communicating to that market. And then, you know, having a plan that you're going to be able to work if you don't have those things in place you're you're always going to be throwing spaghetti up against a wall seeing what sticks are you uh, are you as surprised as i am i i'm relatively uh shocked every time this happens and maybe i shouldn't be shocked but the first <laughs> question i ask anybody is hey who's your ideal client and the ideal client description starts with anybody or anyone who and you know right then and there that you're dealing with a marketing amateur right i'm sorry if you think your client is anybody in this industry or anybody who needs this, you're an amateur because 
here's the bottom line. Our services are best when they're targeted at specific segments of the market. You can broaden out, but the first thing you need to do is realize who the home run client is for you. So Tim, are you shocked when people, when you say to people, who's your ideal client? And they go, oh, anybody with a pulse <laughs> or anybody who draws breath or anybody over the age of 20 who's got $1,000 to spend. Like that doesn't that doesn't that like the, the hair on the back of my neck stands up when I hear it. it uh, same for me, but it doesn't. It's not surprising because it happens so often, you know. And I think initially when most of us start our businesses, we just you know it's like, hey, I just want to start working with somebody, and if they're breathing and they got money, then you know we work with them. But what ends up happening is we realize over time that everybody is not a great client for us. You know, we get done with the project. And we're like, oh my God, that was a disaster. You know, either they weren't fun to work with or because they weren't a good client, we didn't do great work for them. Um, you know, we've got to hone in on who those one to three ideal clients are. And you mentioned this, just because we're gonna target our marketing towards one to three ideal client types, doesn't mean those are the only people we're gonna do business with. We're just targeting and focusing our marketing on those people because you know, unless you're Amazon, you can't attract everybody. You know, it's just, it takes far too much money. It's far too complicated to figure that out. But if you know the conversation that your ideal clients are having in their head better than they do, you can craft a great message that's going to resonate with them. And you can start to identify where the hell are these people? You know, mm. online, offline, and you start to create that list of where they are. Now you know where you need to be to put that message in front of those people. It's it's not complicated, but it's not sexy. It's not cool. You know, it's not TikTok or Clubhouse or the latest whatever marketing tactics out there, but it, you have to have those things in place. Everything starts with your target market. If you miss it, you're just, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. I, you know, I use the example all the time of tow truck operators. If you, like, if you've never thought about it, a great business is being an independent tow truck operator or having a fleet of trucks and, uh, you know, operating them because generally your targets are municipalities or big companies and you're doing either uh, service towing, repossession towing, or you're doing uh, towing from people who are, who are violating uh, problems. The the bottom line is it's easy for you to get paid. And when I say to people, you know, here's a here's a great example targeting tow truck operators. They 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 never think of that, but there are two associations for tow truck operators in the United States. They each have conventions every year. They both have great websites that produce content on a regular basis. They need content on a regular basis. And tow truck operators are essentially entrepreneurs who want to grow, run a business that's going to grow and provide them with financial freedom. So if you're somebody who's out there coaching people or you're doing legal work for people, who better than an entrepreneur that is in growth mode constantly and is looking to enter into complicated business relationships with municipalities? I say that to people. And so I stop. Sometimes I'll, I'll cloak it and I'll say, all right, so what if I told you that I could introduce you to a thousand entrepreneurs who were in growing companies and they were looking to expand their businesses and they had to negotiate with large organizations or government and related municipalities and they needed somebody to handle that sophisticated legal work. And the transactional lawyers say to me all the time, oh, that'd be a great client. 
And then I say to them, okay, well, let me introduce you to the Tow Truck Association of America. And they're like, what? The Tow Truck Operators Association of America? What, why would I want to speak to tow truck operators? I just told you <laughs> that these were people who were entrepreneurs. They were interested in having sophisticated uh, and complex agreements. They were constantly negotiating with business entities and municipalities. You told me these were the perfect people. So a lot of times we find that clients have preconceived notions for what their ideal client should look like. And we need to suspend that disbelief and realize that, you know, our ideal client could come in different sizes and flavors. And sometimes it's easier to start narrow and target them with a specific message. And then you can target cosmetic surgeons after that because they have a similar profile. And you can target CPAs after that because they have a similar profile. But it's really easy to start with a narrow niche and get the hang of this. So, Tim, do you prefer when clients come to you and they get started, do you prefer that, that they make the target audience as narrow as possible? I would say definitely as narrow as they possibly can. Sometimes they get a little uncomfortable, right? Like, like you just described, you know, it's like, hey, you could go after the tow truck association. Um so a lot of clients get uh, a little wiggy about that. Um, but I think if they can find a way to narrow at all, it's better than where they currently are, right? So, right. you know, at least having that general idea of who those one to three ideal client types are is really, really important. I think, too, it's not just the demographics of those ideal clients. It's the psychographics, too. It's how are, how are they feeling what are the common problems they have? You know, what results are they looking for? The psychographics to me are just as important, if not more important than the demographics, because, you know, you're working with a lot of professional service providers. Well, great. It, but if they're, if it's an attorney's office and they're not interested in growing, they're happy with where they're at. They're a hundred percent referral and they're cool. Well, they're not in a, in a headspace to work with the marketer at that point. They're not ready. Right. You know, and so we have to be able to identify those psychographics when we have those conversations with prospects to be able to really identify, hey, they may be in our in our target market, but are they really a good ideal client for us? Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about how you counsel your clients to kind of weed those folks out. When, when it comes to qualifying, we we share with our clients that they the, the, the ideal client has a problem that you can solve. Yeah. They have uh, the ability to pay you, right? They have to have the financial resources. They also have to have time to work with you if there's, uh, if there's an element of compliance involved. And then the third thing is they have to have the ability to make a decision. So I've had great conversations with people who have no decision-making authority because they feel no pressure. They're completely unencumbered by anything. Right. And they love to talk, yeah. right? Then there's this fourth element, right? And you, you kind of alluded to it. And the fourth element is urgency. So if the client has a burning platform that they're standing on and they need somebody to put out the fire and help repair the platform, yeah. then it's a no brainer. They're going to, they're going to sign up on the initial consultation, but if they don't, or they have an incumbent providing a service similar and it just takes a longer period of time, you know, that urgency element, a lot of clients in professional services, a lot of coaches, a lot of consultants will lose that client. And why do they lose that client? Because they've been taught 
and I think erroneously that, oh, you got to close them, you got to close yeah. them, always be closing. You know, you try and close them on that call, and the person, you know, they have the money, they have the problem, they have the ability to make the decision, but they don't need to switch right now. They're calling you because one of their friends said you were the best, yeah. or they heard your podcast, or they read an article that you wrote, and they're calling to really get a sense for if they can trust you. Right. Yeah. And what do you do? You immediately start beating them over the head. Oh, you know, you got to you got you to gotta sign up today. And if you sign up today, I'll knock five hundred dollars off the price. And if you sign up today, we can get started tomorrow. And they weren't ready for that. And you didn't pick up on the on the clues. So you lose them and they go away and you don't even think about, well, they weren't ready yet. Like you said, they weren't ready. And if you put them in a nurturing process a year from now, these folks would come off of your list and they would call you and they would go, hey, Tim, I read the six blog posts you posted in the last five months, they were all spot on. They all spoke to me. And then you interviewed my top competitor on your podcast, and I heard you talking to him, and you spoke his language. And you know exactly what he needed. I think you can help me. And I've been stalking you for a year, and I'm <laughs> sure you can help me now. That's that's exactly what happens. Yeah. So, Tim, how do you counsel you know knuckleheads like me and tell them hey listen you got to back off and if the person's not ready that just means not ready now it doesn't mean not ready forever yes what, what do you what do you say to your clients to get them to to buy into that nurturing process i you touched on readiness to change is is huge it's, it's everything as far as i'm concerned you know my wife um she used to be a health educator and they always talk about readiness to change you know you're you want to quit smoking well Great. But if that pain is not great enough to, to really motivate you to make that change, then you're not going to do it. And it's just like, I, man, I can't stand the word closing in sales because I, I just don't think you can close anybody. One, nobody loves to be closed. Okay. People, they hate it. So you're, you're already starting off a potential relationship with the client, making them feel uncomfortable which is lousy. So it's not about closing people. I just think it's about serving people. So it's, hey, here's how we can help you. I understand you've got this problem. I think it's about asking them too, like what, on a scale of one to 10, how, how big of a deal is this problem? Is it a 10 or is it a five? If it's a mm -hmm. five, they're not ready. You know, hey, let me give you some helpful information that I, that I think may help you. Be happy to keep in touch. And if and when you're ready, reach out. I'd be happy to continue the conversation, but I can't convince you to do anything. But when I give you some helpful information and then I keep in touch with you, I provide you with, I continue to serve you, even though I'm not working with you, people start to go, oh my God, look at all the stuff this guy's doing for me. And I'm not even working with them. What's it like if I actually work with them? You right, know? And right. so it's just, I can't tell you how many times we've just, I get people respond responding to our emails all the time who are like, oh, hey, yeah, we talked a while back. I wasn't ready. Now I'm ready. And you, you continue that conversation. But I think it's about having patience and looking at the long game. If you look at, you know, the short game and think you've always got to be closing, I think, I think one, you're going to sign clients up that aren't really motivated. And those are not good clients to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about um, your, what's your philosophy on the type of information, the quality of the information and the depth of information you share with people? I'm curious as to, as to how you approach this, because I've, uh, I've heard different philosophies, 
do you how how much do you do you give away to your clients and you know is there a way to give away too much i i don't think there is so i take the approach i'll just we'll just give whatever we have okay i mean we show people all the time through our workshops mm-hmm. what we do to market our own business and how we help market our own clients business because I, I just feel like the people that are going to take that information and implement themselves, they're never going to be your clients. So right. I would rather be very forthcoming, direct, open, upfront with all the information we put out there. And great, if I can help you, awesome. Because you know what? I never know. You may, you may know somebody else and you're like, hey, this guy puts out great information. It's helped me. You need to check it out. And they may be a good fit for us. But there's always going to be a certain number of people and frankly more more so than not who take that information and they try to implement it and they just can't they run into roadblocks mm-hmm. you know or they just don't have the time and they come back and they go hey i love your philosophy i tried it but i need help so right. I, you know i just take more of an abundant mindset approach all the business that we any of us need is out there I'll just put out great information and that's going to attract the right people. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm hundred percent in alignment with your thinking on that. I, you know, I, I give the example all the time of going to a medical textbook or going to YouTube <laughs> and learning how to remove an appendix, yeah. right? You can read the medical textbook gives you the step-by-step guide to removing an appendix. You can go on YouTube right now and watch an appendectomy. You know, the surgery is probably like an hour and a half long and they have it on YouTube. You can go watch that on YouTube. You can have the textbook next to you and you can lay somebody out on the table in front of you i guarantee to you if you've never done that before it ain't gonna work out well it's not gonna work out yeah. you're not gonna pull that appendix out and keep that person alive on your table in your kitchen so the more information you give people the more it demonstrates how much they need you now people say to me all the time oh dave 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 this isn't that complicated like i have a, i had a criminal defense lawyer when i first started working with with attorneys i had a criminal defense lawyer come to me and say Listen, Dave, I can write these articles about uh, pretrial diversion for first time possession of marijuana. But the minute I write them, these people are going to make deals with uh, with the D.A. on their own. They're never going to need me. And I say what you said. I say, though, that's not your client. That's never going to be your client because you charge five thousand dollars for having that conversation with the D.A. And that person's never going to pay you the five thousand dollars, even if you didn't give away how to negotiate that. But the person who will be your client is the affluent dad whose son gets picked up for possession of marijuana, and he doesn't want to take a chance. He doesn't want to take a chance of negotiating with the DA and have it going wrong. So he pays the five grand for the peace of mind. Could he do it himself? Absolutely. Does he want to? No, because he wants the peace of mind of knowing it's done right. So those of you out there who are in professional services, when you're giving a speech, give them, you know, give them as much detail as the time permits. Tell them how to do it. Yeah. Because you know what? The guy who does it on his own is not your client. The woman who says, well, I'm not going to pay you X amount of dollars when I could just do it myself. Your response is, God bless you. Go do it yourself. If you have any problems at all, give me a call. I'm here. I'm always here for you. And those people, when you leave the door open, 
three or four out of 10 are going to come back and they're going to go, oh man, I tried to do it myself and now I got a really big mess. Yeah. And that's a great client. Once once they've tried on their own and messed it up, that's a great client because they'll never do it again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the, as we talked about, the readiness to change is there because they, right. they, they know they need help to, to make that change. So, you know, so you're just giving them the time they need to get to that place. All right, talk about content, Tim. You got a lot of you got a lot of great content on your website. Tim's website is Rialto Marketing. I'm going to put it in the in the show notes. You got a lot of great content on your on your website. How do you counsel your clients to develop content? What you know? How do they know what type of content they should be creating? I so I'm of the opinion that the content that you create, if you're creating it yourself, okay, um, it needs to be a form of content that resonates well with you. If you don't like to be on, I love video because it can be repurposed to the ends of the earth. You can get a ton of mileage from it, but if you can't stand being on video and you're totally uncomfortable with it, then it's, what's the point? Because you're not gonna right. do it. You know, if you love audio and that's just, that's your jam, then, then do audio. It has to be a form of content that you love. And that resonates with you because if it's not, then it's not going to work. So that's what that's how we counsel people to do it. Um, All right. So what do you what do you talk about? So you're if you're a writer and you're writing, what do you write about? Or if you're on video and you want to do videos, what do you do videos about? How do you figure out what to do? The easiest place to start is your email inbox. Look at mm -hmm. the questions that you're getting from prospects, existing clients. Those are questions that all your ideal clients are gonna have. And just start answering questions. That's it. This is not rocket science. You know, if you don't have those emails in your inbox, then go online. All the information we need is online at this point. So jump into some Facebook groups or some LinkedIn groups or some forums that have your ideal client types in there and just look at the questions that they're asking that are related to what you do and then start answering those questions in the content that you create. It's the easiest yeah. place to start. Good, good advice, that's good advice. All right, now let's, let's talk a little bit about leverage, right? I work with a lot of people, maybe you do too, you can tell me. I work with a lot of people who love networking, right? And they love thinking that pre-pandemic, they would love getting in their car, driving 45 minutes to a networking gig, going and sitting a really crappy, sitting at a restaurant eating a really <laughs> crappy rubber chicken lunch and talking about the wife and the kids and, you know, how you're going to go mountain biking this weekend and, you know, what the, you know, what the next three months are going to look like. And then they shake hands and they get back in their car and they drive 45 minutes back to the office. And the next thing you know, half of their day is gone for this one meeting. Yeah. Okay. Now, look, you could be the most uh, charismatic person in the world. And every time you do that, you get a piece of business and you do that five times a week and that works for you. And if it does, God bless, go forth and enjoy. <laughs> right. But most of us are not. It, it just doesn't happen that way. We're just not that good. So. As much as I like networking, I like networking with existing clients or with people who've already referred me business. But talk about leverage and your system. Do you, how do you counsel people? Like, how do you, you know, do you beat these people over the head who are like, I, I gotta spend, you know, I gotta spend five days a week going to breakfast, lunch, and dinner with people. How, you know, what, what do you tell people when it comes to leverage? I think if, it, like you said, Dave, if you, if you enjoy that and that's your thing, then, then great. It's it's not for me, 
Um, but I think if you are going to network, focusing that networking time on what I would consider, you know, strategic partners or referral partners, people that already have your existing client base that complement what you do, that's how you're going to leverage your networking time the best. Okay, because maybe an existing client can refer me somebody and that's cool. But if I spend my time networking with somebody that already has my ideal clients that can send me five referrals a month, that's leveraging my networking time big time. So if I was going to spend time networking, that's where I would be doing it on building referral partner relationships that are just going to continue to feed me business over and over again. Yeah, and here's a little and here's a little twist for those of you out there who are big networkers who love networking, right? Look at what Tim and I are doing now, right? We could easily be having this conversation over lunch, but because we're in different cities and because there's a pandemic, Tim and I are having this conversation on video and we're having this conversation on the podcast. Now that doesn't mean that we're never going to send business back and forth to each other. We may, and I, you know, I may invite Tim to speak at one of my events. He may invite me to speak at one of his events. Eventually a relationship is going to develop as a result of this, but what are we doing? We're taking the opportunity to create content first video and podcast content this is my show but i'm going to give tim the video and tim's going to use these videos and the segments over and over again for for his purposes video and audio and we're also networking so if you're thinking to yourself i'm not a content creator well you have conversations with people when you network so simply take those conversations and start recording them and instead of driving an hour and a half to meet the person do it virtually because everybody's used to this now everybody's used to the way this looks everybody's used to the way this sounds so make the content the star and the relationships will come you know tim i'll share with you i i started in december i started doing the show on a daily basis as we're recording this folks in case you're time shifting it's uh it's march 1st 2021 i started doing the show daily and what that forced me to do is a few things it forced me to really commit to it and then it forced me to really reach out and find new guests and in reaching out and finding new guests i've met some amazing people i've learned a lot I, i i underestimated how much i would learn from my guests i've learned a ton and i've shifted my entire business model because now the podcast and the videos and the audio associated with it is the centerpiece of my content creation. Yeah. So if I can do it, other people out there in this line of business can do it and lawyers can do it and CPAs can do it. Tim, what do you do that makes it easy for you to to develop the content that uh, that you use in your marketing? Well, we for us, it all starts with Facebook Live. So our Facebook lives get repurposed into our other content, YouTube videos, our blog posts. We do written blog posts as well, but a lot of that is really going to be shifting more to interviews again, because we can get so much leverage from that. And, you know, I mean, people talk about the, you know, the Gary V model of content all the time, you know, take that video, that long form video and repurpose it. And I think that can be kind of overwhelming for a lot of people because, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody has a huge team of content people behind them right. that's repurposing that. But even if you take that long form video and create, you know, some quote cards and, you know, some short videos, you can pay freelancers to do some of this stuff and it's not going to cost you a lot of money. And the thing with videos, it's just 
it's freeform. You don't, it doesn't take as much time. Like that's why I love videos so much because blogs take forever to write, you know, or you got to pay somebody to do it. Right. So it starts to add up from a, from a cost perspective. I just love video and then repurposing it into everything else. But you touched on a really, really important aspect that so many people miss when they're being interviewed. When you, when you do guest podcasting spots, you're networking, you're meeting new people and you never know where some of those relationships are going to go. I've met some fantastic people that I continue to keep in touch with that I know are going to be great business contacts for me. And I never would have met those people had I not put myself out there and started talking to people like you that have, that have podcasts, you know, and on the, well, and yeah, no. go ahead. I'm sorry. Please continue. I didn't no, no. I was just going to say, you know, and on the flip side, you touched on another really important element. When you have your own show, it's like free consulting. You're interviewing people, asking them questions, and you learn so much. I, that To me, those things are worth doing it alone. Right. So one of the things that – so I, I underestimated the learning aspect, and I'm a, I'm a learner at heart, so I, I love the learning aspect of it. But the thing that I didn't underestimate and that has worked out exactly as I expected is I can reach out to people now that I've got maybe 65 interviews under my belt and send them a link to the show and say, would you like to come on and be a guest on my show? Here are a couple of people that I've interviewed and you can watch the interviews and see how I do it. And the people who I'm reaching out to are prospective clients. Yes. So I'm not saying to them, hey, listen, can you come on my show so I can sell you? Basically, I'm, I'm going to come. You come on my show and you're a prospective client and I'm going to ask you every possible question I can to figure out how I can best help you. And I'm not going to pitch you. Of course, I'm not going to pitch you while we're on the show together. But after the show is over, as I'm listening back to it, when the guys are editing it and I'm doing exactly what you said, I'm pulling out the pull quotes for Instagram and I'm telling them where the segments are going to be for LinkedIn. I'm listening to the show and then something is going to hit me. I can help with this. And I'll send that segment to the guest and I'll say, on my show, you mentioned this. You know, I, this is a month after I've sent all the files. Right. On my show, you said this. And I'm wondering if you're still looking for help with that because I got an idea. And they'll say, well, what's your idea? And, I'll, and we'll jump on a call and we'll talk about it. And what barrier have I overcome? I've immediately overcome the trust barrier because they were on the show and they, yeah. they, they laid themselves bare. They told me everything that was going on in their business on the show. We have a relationship. They've probably gotten feedback from the show, from their friends, told them how great they were. So they feel good about me. And now they're willing to take a suggestion for how we can work together. I mean, even if nobody ever listens to your show, that's worth it right there. Yep. Yes, it is. It, but you have see, but you're strategic about it, you know, and you know exactly how you're going to handle that entire process. And you're starting off that relationship from a place of serving. You didn't ask them for a damn thing. Right. hundred, you know? And so it's, yeah, you're selling with, without them feeling like they're selling, uh, being sold. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, there's just so many benefits to, to it. I, especially from a professional services standpoint, coaches, consultants. Uh, this is a fantastic way to produce content and to, mm-hmm. to develop prospects. All right, Tim. Now, I want to talk about a specific segment of the market because I'm fascinated by these folks. I want to talk about people who are uh, professional speakers, 
right? And the reason I'm fascinated with them is because I see these videos of people getting off private jets and out of limos <laughs> and walking into country clubs and, you know, people who are addressed to the nines and they're, you know, they're everybody's given like the biggest keynote of, of their life, like every day of the week. And, you know, I've I, I, I speak all the time and I grind it out. I mean, I was you know, pre pandemic. I traveled 122 days a year before that. I had 70 speaking engagements a year. But my model for speaking has always been speaking is a, a lead generation activity for me, yep. basically. So I go somewhere and speak to an audience full of my ideal clients. And candidly, I don't care how much I get paid because if there are ideal clients in the audience, I'm going to make my money regardless because I'm going to deliver a huge amount of value and some of them are going to want to work with yep. me. But, you know, now during the pandemic, I see these people uh, and I, I reach out to them and I'm like, listen, I can help you with your business model because we can I can teach you how to create courses from your content and teach you how to deliver consulting engagements. I ran, you know, one of the biggest consulting companies in the U.S. for years. I can I can help you run a consulting company that can fit your lifestyle. And most of them are telling me, hey, listen, you know, things are going to come back. The vaccine's going to go out. But things are going to come back and I'll be back to speaking you know, in no time. Have you figured out how to crack the code of getting through to these folks? Because I don't <laughs> want to really spend a lot of my time and tell them, listen, you're, you know, your your time getting off the private jet and into the limo and over to the country club to give the speech. That may happen again, but you're talking about five years. This is how we're going to be speaking from now on. Yes. <laughs> At least for the next couple of years, most of the engagements are going to be like this. A handful of them may be in person, but you're going to comp compete with 1500 other speakers for five slots at that at that association yeah. tim have you been able to get through to these people uh i have not but they're also not my main targets either um oh, okay. but what i will tell you is i think i compare that to if you're a speaker and your only source of revenue is speaking in person you were you're riding a unicycle and that tire went flat last March. Mm. So um, you got problems, right? And, and a lot of them realized that very quickly and they were like, oh my God, we have to shift. Um, but if you were a speaker and you haven't shifted your business yet, uh, I would say they're, they're not gonna be ideal clients for you or, or I anyways, right? Yeah, because it's, yeah. you know, you just, I don't know. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of businesses have realized how how narrow they were and how um, dependent they were on what they were doing. You know, so like the whole reason I shifted from mobile apps to what we're doing now is about three and a half years ago, Apple changed their publishing guidelines and it impacted all these app developers that were publishing on app building platforms. Their businesses were basically, including mine, was like shut down overnight. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh my God, my business is tied to the whims of Apple and Google and they could right. care less about me. So right. I need to diversify my business. Well, if you're a speaker and the only source of revenue you have is being paid to speak, you're missing out on some huge opportunities. You touched on them. Courses, having, you know, books, right? Books bring people into your world and then you can, you know, sell them to your courses, group coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, consulting. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many different ways you can branch out and diversify your business so that you're not so heavily reliant on one channel. Super important. Um, you, you mentioned something uh, that, in, that intrigues me. Tell, tell folks how you're using Facebook Live these days. I, so I was turned on to Facebook Live in the beginning of the pandemic. I know another uh, gentleman by the name of Danny Colella 
um, who's a Facebook Live expert, and he started talking to me about it. He brought me on, and I was like, man, this is so cool. I love this. Um, and the thing about live video is it's, you know, on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, it's right now live is prioritized by, by the algorithm. So mm-hmm. you are going to get, you should, right? Don't take my word for it, but from what I've seen, significantly better reach and significantly better engagement on that live video. And so when I saw that, I just said, look, I'm just going to use, I'm going to use live video and then we'll repurpose it into all of our other content. So why not, why not do it live and get the extended benefit of the reach and the engagement? Um, and so we use, you know, I use a, a software called StreamYard, which mm-hmm. super easy to use. It's very inexpensive for what it is. And with StreamYard, and there's other services out there, but for somebody like me, that's not a huge, you know, video techie, it's super mm-hmm. easy for me to implement. You can put together a really quality looking broadcast and not be techy and it's easy to implement and you can stream to multiple, you can stream to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, all at the same time. So it gives you a t- the ability to leverage. Not only that, the quality of the video is much better. So early on, I was streaming directly to Facebook. You try to download the, the video, it's horrible. The quality is yeah, awful. Yeah. yeah. But if you use a surf- software like StreamYard, You've got high def and it's much better. The quality that you're downloading from StreamYard is so much better so that you can repurpose it. So that's how I got into it. And I just, you know, I love it. Um, It's, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to deal with because you can't shoot stuff ahead of time, but um, it's okay. You know, I mean, most people, the way I look at it, it's no different than what you and I are doing now. No, no, no. We could be easily doing this live in there. We have a, we, part of our business plan with this is to do, is to pick one time slot. I I mean, and do it live every day that's down the road right now. I'm just picking up the interviews whenever I can. So for example, I'll do three today and then tomorrow's like a client call day. So I have client calls all day. I'll do three more on Wednesday and then Thursday I'll take client calls. But eventually I'd like to have a specific time frame every day where I go live, you know, Monday through Friday so that people can watch the stream live. They can interact with you and they can ask you questions and that sort of thing. Have you, are you publishing this on your company Facebook page? Are you publishing it to a, to a closed, community how are you it's on our that? company facebook page okay yeah. so we're just going right so to facebook. so what, what is that so people can see it how let's uh what's the facebook url just go to at rialto marketing on facebook on facebook yeah. okay super yeah and um and how many you know how many people ask questions you get one or two questions each time uh, sometimes you you're, yeah. are you gaining an audience or um yeah it's we're building an audience slowly but surely you know i mean like i said i'm I'm not necessarily doing it to build my audience on Facebook specifically. Right. Um, right. You know, because here's the other, the way I look at social media, it is a channel you're renting. I want to take those channels that I'm renting and bring them back to my email list, you know, our website, places that we can, that we control. Um, But I just want to take advantage of all those channels out there that we can rent. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, no, that's very smart. And that's your that's your pull quote from this interview is that social media is just space that you're renting, right? You want you want and that's true of everybody. I mean, I there, uh, there's a the rage now is uh, is is online communities and um, we're starting a Facebook community for the people who listen to the show. 
And the reason is because we wanna, I wanna source real good questions. So if I say, hey, Tim Fitzpatrick is gonna be my guest on this date, send me your questions so that I know what to ask Tim. You know, the community can source the questions and we can build some buzz around the show and stuff. But ultimately the goal is to move those people out of the community into our customer relationship management system so that we can communicate with them one-on-one and eventually make them offers and do business with them down the road. I don't see any limitation on this. So you and I work with service businesses. Why aren't all service businesses starting their own community, right? Where they can connect with these people, hear what they're talking about, and then make them offers that are relevant to them. Absolutely. There's, you know, Facebook is prioritizing groups. So, Mm -hmm. you know, take advantage of that. But I think they're, you want to make sure that you've got what we've started talking about, those fundamentals in place. You know, if you st- if you go just get tactical and start a Facebook group and you don't have any idea, you know, you're 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 setting yourself up to aggravate a lot of. People. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. So, you know, you've got to be prepared for it. You know, so it's it, yeah. I think it can be a very effective tactic, but you just got to be ready. It would be like opening up a restaurant without having a chef in the yeah. kitchen. So you're going to have a bunch of people sitting around waiting for something and nothing's coming. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, my God. Are they ever going to serve food? Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, Tim. So, listen, you've got um, you've got something really cool for our listeners. Uh, tell the folks tell the folks what you put together for. Them. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys like what we what we talked about, you want to get some more information that will help you with those marketing fundamentals just pop on over to our website. It's a rialtomarketing.com. So that's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com and then forward slash inside dash B-S. And all those resources are there. If you get stuck, you need some help, there's a get a free consult button there. I'd be happy to sit down and chat with you and help you push through those roadblocks. So, All right. So the, the website is in the show notes. It's rialtomarketing.com forward slash inside dash BS. Now, let me tell you what's on here in case you're thinking to yourself, I never take advantage of free offers. Well, first, it says welcome inside BS listeners. That's you. And then right below that, there's a box. You can get a free consult if you want. So just click on there and, you know, ask Tim where he got his, his great sweater that he's wearing today <laughs> or ask him any question you want about marketing. You can ask him about anything you want. OK, so the free consult button is right there. But below that, he's giving you access to he's giving you access to a ton of free stuff. This is incredible. The Marketing Strategy Trilogy. You click on that and there's a whole uh, you can you can read all about the marketing strategy trilogy. And if you implemented it, you'd probably make money with it. A simple marketing plan template is on there. The ultimate guide to marketing strategy is on there. So it takes you to a Web page and Tim gives you all the information about content. He gives you information about branding. He gives you information about ideal clients that's on there. Customer Insights Survey is on there. You can literally take this survey, you know, and you could probably, if you gave Tim credit, say, hey, I got this from Tim Fitzpatrick. This is my Customer Insights Survey. Would you mind sharing uh, your answers to this? He's got a six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, wow, it's a substantial 14-question survey on there. So you can really feel like you're getting to know your, uh, your clients in depth. He's got his ideal persona worksheet. He's got the Marketing Evolution Index Checklist. There's all kinds of stuff on here. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Take advantage of all this stuff, put it in your business, but also get a free consultation from Tim. Because if you implement this stuff in a half-assed way, you're going to get half-assed results. So 
Get a free consultation from Tim. And before you screw things up, you, you want to talk to Tim. And I'll, I'll leave you with this story, and then we'll get some final words from Tim. So the pandemic first starts, and we're inside the house for like three or four months, and the dishwasher gets clogged. So, you know, it's a pandemic. I don't know if a plumber is going to come over and he's going to spread the virus to my family. So what do I do? I go on YouTube, right? And I look at, uh, you know, how a dishwasher is connected. I go to figure out how to disconnect it and how to clear it out. You know, that for me turned into like an all-day Saturday job. It was an all-day job. I didn't have any fun that Saturday. I smelled like – if you've ever smelled what the drain of your dishwasher smells like <laughs> – it doesn't come off in one shower, okay? So I went in there and I did it myself. And the reason I did it myself was because I had to. But the point was, it took a long time and I stunk, okay? You can do all this stuff. You can take Tim's free stuff and you can implement it. But it's going to take you a long time and it's probably going to stink. So do yourself a favor, review this stuff, listen to this interview with Tim again, and then just click the free consultation button and pick Tim's brain. And if you like what you hear, Work with Tim for six months and see see if you feel better about yourself because you're going to smell a lot better. Trust me. <laughs> All right, Tim, what uh, what final words do you have for our listeners before we go today? Uh, I would uh, I would say two things. One, don't don't skip the fundamentals. If you do, you're going to waste time. You're going to waste money and you're going to end up coming back to them anyways. And two, I know that being business owners can be very overwhelming at times. Don't do that. Just focus on taking the next measurable step that's going to help you get to where you want to be. When we break down those more complex things and just focus on the next measurable step we need to take, things become so much easier. All right, folks, wise words from Tim Fitzpatrick. Tim, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Dave. All right, this has been the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo. We're here every stinking day. Every day we'll be back here tomorrow. We'll be here with more great information, giving you the insider business secrets, sharing the inside business strategy with you, cutting through all the inside BS that may be holding you back. Join me right back here again tomorrow for another show. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.